This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 124, The Power of Your Breath, part two. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you are all doing well today. I hope you have been trying to consciously breathe. I hope you've been noticing what breathing does for you. I hope you've been breathing through your nose. If you don't know what I'm talking about and why I'm saying these things at the beginning of the podcast, then please go back and listen to last week's podcast where I talked all about the ins and outs of breathing. And today we are continuing our discussion about breathing. Now, last week we talked about how breathing and heart rate are related, some of the best practices of how to breathe, why we want to breathe through our nose. And today we're going to get super practical. I'm going to share with you some breathing techniques. Now, like I said last week, I'm not a medical doctor. This is just information. It's not specific advice for you. You are unique and you should really talk to your medical provider before you make any dramatic changes in your breathing practices. But today I did want to share with you a few different techniques that you can use practically to help you manage your physiological state, your stress, your anxiety, your mood. And these techniques can even help with sleep and your energy levels, your memory, and your learning. So essentially, we can use breathing for three main purposes, to build awareness, to relax, and to activate. But first, let's talk about building awareness. When I think of using breathing for awareness, I think of just sitting quietly and noticing my breath, not purposely doing anything, just noticing how I inhale and exhale. And so you may want to just build the awareness of the different kind of breathing you do in different physiological states. So again, you can go back to your zones of resilience and you can find out more about that on episode 110 and just become aware of what your breath looks like in each of the different phases and zones. So for example, on team hyper, it may be sharp, short, shallow, fast, loud, forceful, could be irregular, could be tight, restricting, fiery, grasping. You might find it in your chest rather than in your belly. Now, if you're on team hypo, it may also be shallow, but it may be low and silent and flat, empty, weak. And it can also be in your chest. It may not be very deep. And then when you're in that safety zone, in that zone of resilience, could be full and supported and easy and steady, could be slow and calming, very even likely regular, healthy, soft, energizing. Usually it's going to be belly breathing, that you're going deeper and filling your belly. Now you could also use your breath to help you get to a place of safety, to get grounded, being present with your breath. So something like a soft belly breath, allowing it just to go up and down. Belly breathing engages the diaphragm. It deepens the breath and activates the safety state and encourages you to get to regulation. So just by being aware, by being conscious, we often use this breathing 
in some types of meditation. So maybe there's no counting. You're not holding your breath. You're not trying to deep breathe. You're just building awareness. And this kind of breathing for awareness can just be very relaxing and calming. It can help you stay anchored in that safety zone, that zone of resilience. So I want you to first pay attention to how your breath feels in each stage. Then what you're going to want to do is pay attention to how you want to feel. Now, there's a strong connection between breath and posture. So I want you to also spend a little bit of time becoming aware. And you can do this by playing with your posture. How does your breath change when you're upright, when you're hunched over, when you're completely bent over, when you're lying down, when you're turned to the side? What changes in your breath as you change your posture? All right, so build awareness about your breathing, about the different zones, what it's what your breathing is like in each zone. And just become more conscious as you go in and out with very soft breathing. Now, the next thing we can do with our breath is we can use it to relax. And this is probably a common one that most people talk about. We can use breathing to help us deal with stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. There are many different techniques that you can use. And as we already talked about on last week's episode, the focus, if you want to relax, is going to be on exhalation. You want to focus on the exhale, and that often means making the exhalation longer than the inhalation generally. But as you'll see in some techniques, just focusing on breathing consciously also can be helpful. But we really want to try to have that exhalation to be at least as long as the inhalation when we are trying to use breathing to relax. And I'm going to throw in here that you are also unique. And I know for some people, their systems are different. So deep or controlled breathing can be triggering or not helpful for some people. So again, be safe with yourself, get to know yourself, check with your doctor if you need to be. And all these techniques, while they may work for a lot of people, they may not work for you. And that's okay. You just need to find what works for you. Now let's get started with a couple of techniques. The simplest technique that I like to share with kids or really anybody who's beginning their work on breathing is just something basic like smell the flower through the nose and blow out the candles through the mouth. And I usually say pretend that you're pretty old so there's a lot of candles to blow out. That will increase your exhalation. Now another cute way of explaining it for kids is called hot chocolate breathing. So smell how good the hot chocolate smells and then blow on it because it's too hot to drink and you want to cool it down. And then lastly, for young kids, you can also get them to practice or pretend to blow bubbles. Again, the focus is sort of that slow and soft exhalation. Then there is the basic diaphragmatic breathing also known as belly breathing, or some people talk about it as deep breathing. And this technique involves breathing deeply from your diaphragm, which again is a muscle located below your lungs. Inhale slowly through your nose, feel your belly expand, and exhale slowly through your mouth or nose. It depends which one you prefer. Again, feeling your belly contract. Now this technique can help to reduce stress, anxiety, and tension in the body. Now, another technique that I particularly love is called the 478 breathing technique. And the 478 technique is also known as a relaxing breath. It's a deep breathing exercise that's designed to help calm the mind and body, 
reduce stress and anxiety, and it actually promotes better sleep. So it involves the following steps. Firstly, breathe in through your nose for a count of four. Secondly, hold your breath for a count of seven. Thirdly, exhale slowly through your mouth for a count of eight, and you can even make a whooshing sound as you do it. And then lastly, repeat the cycle for about four breaths and then return to normal breathing. Now, the 478 breathing technique is thought to work by increasing the amount of oxygen in your body, slowing down your heart rate, and promoting relaxation. And the long exhale also helps release carbon dioxide from the body, which can have a calming effect on the nervous system. Now, another technique is called 711, and that's just an easy way to remember that you want to increase the exhale. So breathe in for a count of seven, exhale for a count of 11. Another technique that's a really common one is the square breathing or the box breathing that I talked about on the episode last week. Now, box breathing is a technique that involves inhaling slowly and deeply through your nose for a count of four, holding your breath for a count of four, exhaling slowly through your mouth for a count of four, and holding your breath again for a count of four. And this pattern is repeated several times. Now, you can change it. You can do it for a count of three or a count of five, but the point is you want to make sure that it's consistent for all four sides of the box, so to speak. Box breathing and these other techniques are effective at calming you down because they activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which, again, is responsible for the body's rest and digest response. So when the parasympathetic nervous system is activated, the heart rate slows down, blood pressure decreases, and breathing becomes slower and deeper. And by practicing box breathing, you are essentially sending a signal to your body that you're safe and there's no immediate threat because you wouldn't be able to stop and practice something if there was an immediate threat. So this can actually help to reduce feelings of anxiety, stress, and tension in the body and really promote feelings of relaxation and calm. Now, additionally, focusing on your breath and the counting involved in something like box breathing can help to redirect your attention away from those anxious or stressful thoughts and bring your mind into the present moment because you are counting. And this can also contribute to a greater sense of calm and relaxation. Now, I want to share with you a very recent study, which I think has some fascinating results. And it is a study that was done by Huberman and his colleagues. And I think I've mentioned before, I love all the things that the Huberman lab does. And this study was called the Brief Structured Respiration Practices Enhance Mood and Reduce Physiological Arousal. So in this study, what they did is they looked at three different daily five-minute breathwork exercises, and then they compared it to the equivalent period of mindfulness meditation over the period of one month. Now, the breathing conditions that they looked at were one, cyclic sighing, which basically emphasizes prolonged exhalations, and I'll share it with you in a second. Box breathing, which we just talked about, which is equal duration of inhalations, breath retentions, and exhalations. And then the third one was cyclic hyperventilation with retention, with longer inhalations and shorter exhalations, which we'll talk more about this type of activation technique in a minute as well. 
Now, they wanted to see how these exercises improve mood and anxiety, as well as reduce physiological arousal, so respiratory rate, heart rate, and heart rate variability. And what they showed was that the exhale-focused cyclic sighing produced greater improvement in mood and reduction in respiratory rate compared with mindfulness meditation. So essentially, daily five-minute cyclic sighing has promise as an effective stress management technique and exercise. Now, that's not to say that mindfulness meditation is not good, and I think it's been shown to be the best way to improve focus, memory, and learning. And it also does help with mood and reduce anxiety. But breath work was better, and the best breath work was cyclic sighing. All right, so you may be asking, what is cyclic sighing? Well, firstly, there is the sigh, and this is referred to as the physiological sigh. And what that is, I think we've talked about it a bit before on the podcast, but again, what it is, is two inhalations followed by a longer exhalation. So you breathe in through the nose twice, with the first inhalation being a little bit longer, followed by the second one. So you're filling up your lungs with the first breath and then working a little harder to make sure they're completely filled with that second quick breath. And then you are exhaling a longer exhalation. So it kind of goes like this. So just one of these physiological sighs is actually known as the most effective way to reduce anxiety and stress in real time. But now what they studied is doing this sigh cyclically, so repeating it for five minutes. What they found is it not only helps in real time, but it actually has lasting effects over 24 hours. So if you want to invest in a breath practice for mood and stress management, this seems to be the one. Now, I know that I've been trying to integrate it into my daily routine, and I know that doing it cyclically for five minutes, it doesn't seem like it would be a challenge, but I actually found it was. So I'm just slowly started. I started with one minute, moving up to two minutes, moving up to three minutes. So you may want to build up to it as well, depending on what you can tolerate. So those are all techniques that can help you downregulate, that can help you get into that calm state, activate the parasympathetic system to get you into that zone of resilience where you can feel safe. Now, What about using breath to gain activation? Well, there's also a few techniques here. And remember, activation is all about focusing on the inhalation because the inhale gets your heart going and activates your sympathetic nervous system. So sometimes if people want to add sympathetic energy, they want to gain activation, perhaps they're in team hypo and they want to get a little bit more energy, they're going to want to focus on the inhale. So a couple of techniques that you can try. First one is the breath of fire, where you're taking in nice breaths through the nose and then quickly breathing in and out of the nose. So it's a very quick rhythm, shallow breaths in and out of the nose. And you should notice a quick increase of energy and maybe even your thoughts becoming a little bit more clear. The second kind of activation breath you can have is called the breath of joy. And this is where you take basically three breaths in on one inhalation. So the first breath, you want to think of it like it's filling up the lower third space from your belly button to just below the sternum. 
And then the second breath you're going to take, think of it as filling your sternum to halfway up to your chest. And then the last breath is going to fill the remaining third. And you're not going to breathe out between these three inhalations. You can also bring in the arms to elevate blood pressure and increase energy. So when you're doing that first breath, you can bring your arms up in the front. When you do that second breath, you can bring your arms to the side. And then when you do that third breath, you can bring the arms all the way up top. Then you can do like an exaggerated rag doll drop to the floor for exhalation, taking your arms from overhead all the way down to the bottom. So then you could just do these three breaths in and then a long, relaxed exhalation out. Now, using your arms in general can help with activation. Arm movement can strengthen the muscles and increase lung capacity. So play around with it. Let your body guide you. Move your arms. And you can try this seated or standing. Next, you can try a technique that's called the VU technique. And this, again, can be a good way to be a bit more active. You can kind of think of yourself like a ship with a foghorn. And you're going to be doing And basically, you're feeling the vibration in your gut. And that can help with activation. Okay, now you might have heard people refer to something called breath work. And breath work can encompass all of these techniques, but often when we talk about breath work these days, we're talking about a more active model of breath work. It's sort of like the active form of consciously working your breath to bypass the mind and enter a different state of awareness. This is what most people seek when they're meditating, and breath work can take you to that place very quickly. So the practice gives the brain's executive functioning something to focus on so you can bypass the mental level of consciousness and drop into a deeper state of consciousness where healing, spirit, and love reside. It allows you to voluntarily control your autonomic nervous system. So essentially, you are inducing voluntarily a short stress response. And by being able to tolerate this stress response, it will ultimately lead you to more resilience towards everyday stress, and it will help you mentally, and it will help you feel more in control. So basically what happens is in this breath work, the body's sympathetic response is activated, and the pathways necessary to deliver that oxygen to the cells are strengthened. And these pathways can include a number of different systems, such as increased red blood cells, increased lung capacity, improved circulation, and improved metabolic efficiency over the long term. But this short-term period of hypoxia is a positive stressor. It signals the body to react and then to strengthen and to better deal with stress in the long term. There are different methods of this, and a popular one is the Wim Hof method. It also combines with cold exposure. And then there's a holotropic breathing, which involves rapid breathing as well. There's chaotic breathing, and then I'm trained in one called revelation breath work. So there are different variations, and a lot of these activated techniques are also used in different yoga or bodywork classes. So these are not new, but they've just become a lot more popular. So those are the techniques to increase awareness, to relax, or to activate. Now, a couple of really important things I want to remind you of. Firstly, you are an individual with an individual history, background, genetics, experiences. So there's no one right prescription for everybody. You need to always be doing things slowly, 
very slowly trying things out. For example, we just talked about how for many people, focusing on deep breathing can be very calming. However, like I mentioned earlier, it can be activating for some people. So this is why you always want to start slowly, often just with noticing your breath, becoming more conscious of it. Now, for some people, breathing is not the first way for them to go when they're trying to relax. They mean may need to be focused more on movement or focus just on orienting themselves to the environment. So you always want to make sure you're taking care of yourself first. Don't assume that there's something wrong with you if certain resources don't work. They're just not the resources for you. And remember, in everything you do, the most important thing is to anchor yourself in safety. So don't jump into breath work or the activating kind of breath work because it's popular right now because it may not be for you. Secondly, as I've already mentioned, and I'll mention again, you need to check with your doctor before you engage in activated breath work, especially. It's always a good idea to talk to your doctor about all changes you introduce in your life. And again, I'm certainly not providing medical advice, but for sure, before you do any activated breath work, check with your doctor. And thirdly, one of the things I teach my clients is what I call the difference between practice and game day. If you think of any sport, there are always practices and then there are games. You don't just go into the game never having practice and just wing it. No, in practice, you're working on the basics, the strength, the endurance, the techniques, and you may also work on very specific set plays that you will use on game day. But a huge part of playing and getting good at the game is practice. It's the same for breathing. You can't really never try breathing, never try to practice it, never get any techniques down, and then expect to use it in real time when maybe you're feeling stressed or anxious. It's so much better if you've been practicing. When you are practicing, you are actually practicing regulation. So make it part of your routine. Tie practicing your breathing to another habit that you are doing. Now, another reason for practicing breathing is there is a link between daily breath work and longevity. By managing your stress response, you decrease inflammation and certain hormones. And in the book Breath, James Nestor said that a two-decade-long research study showed that the greatest indicator of lifespan wasn't genetics, wasn't diet, or wasn't the amount of exercise. It was lung capacity. Larger lungs equaled longer lives. Because larger lungs help us get more air in with fewer breaths. So the breath is very powerful. I know I'm personally practicing cyclical sighing like we talked about as my daily breath work. And there you have it. A few things for you to ponder, a few things for you to practice. At the very least, I hope I've shown you that it's worth spending some time being aware of your breath and it's worth trying out and practicing some different techniques. It's also worth breathing through your nose and even just trying to reduce the number of your breaths. And of course, I'm going to say one more time, a push for cyclical sighing five minutes a day to really help with the carryover benefits of breathing on your stress levels. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you'll take the time to practice some breathing and I will see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. 
You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.